Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. We begin our uh, third message on unity, uh, which is part of our study in 1 Corinthians. This first series that I'm doing is studying the first four chapters of Corinthians. And, um, and before we begin, I want to just say a prayer because I, I always love to pray before we open up God's Word so that God's Word just has the ability to speak into our hearts and lives. Amen? So will you agree with me as I pray? Lord Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you for your love and your grace. We thank you for that time of worship that we had where we felt your presence. And I pray, God, even as we share your Word, your presence will be um, abundant and God, the words that are shared, Lord, I pray that they'll touch our hearts and our mind, and that, Lord, as we hear your word, um, that, Lord, we will actually put it into action, that today um, we will leave a little bit more like you. Each and every day, that's our goal, God, is just to be more and more like you. We love you in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said? Amen. The book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, was written for the believers in Corinth, for whom Paul was instrumental in leading many of them to the Lord. Three years prior, uh, he was in Corinth preaching for about 18 months. And as he was preaching the gospel, he was have, had the opportunity to share salvation to many of these uh, different believers. But after, the, after he left, during those three years of time, there was some division that was happening within the church. And Paul writes this letter to help bring some instruction to those who were getting kind of sideways with each other. He wanted to bring healing. And Paul is encouraging all the believers, and this is an encouragement to all of us, that we need to stand united in Christ. Amen? Amen. United in Christ. Don't be in competition with one another. Be in unity with one another. As, one, as believers in Christ, that's the one common denominator that we have in our life is Jesus Christ. In today's message, we'll be studying 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 through 16. So I encourage you, if you have your Bibles, if you have a, a device that you're looking at the Word of God on, just, just go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and stay there because I'm not going to read all of the text. So you might want to read some of that as I'm sharing today. I've entitled the message, if you want to write this down, I've entitled the message, God's plan for you is his spirit. God's plan for you is his spirit. And I hope that it will come to light as I continue to share. I want to begin in verse 6 where the Apostle Paul writes, When I'm among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. No, the wisdom we speak is the mystery of God. His plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory, he made it for our ultimate glory, his plan, before the world began. That's an amazing thought. That God had his plan before he even created the world, he had this plan of salvation for you and for me. So the simple basic truth that Paul is sharing is God's plan is for your benefit. It's for your benefit. Paul was sharing with the believers in Corinth, the message that I preached to you was not one of earthly wisdom, but one of godly wisdom. It's a message not for my own benefit. Yes, Paul receives that salvation, but he wasn't trying to gain something from them, from the church of Corinth. He was preaching a salvation message for their benefit. It's not a message that will be understood by the authority of this world. In fact, to them... 
the message of the gospel, the message of the cross, as we've shared already before, seems like foolishness. In verse 9, Paul quotes Isaiah chapter 64, verse 4 and verse 9. He says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Did you catch that? There's something powerful in our lives if we just choose to love God. That's pretty simple. Love God, love others. If we just choose to love God, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for them. What does it take to love God? There's a measure of faith that we must all use if we want to understand the mystery of the gospel. We must accept that God's plan of the gospel is good. God wants good for you, not evil. He doesn't want bad. He wants good for you. It's for our benefit. God is not out to harm us. God's desire is to help us. God wants us to know him, and he wants us to know his love. Anselm of Canterbury, an archbishop in England back in the early uh, first century or second century, says, For I do not seek to understand in order to believe. But I believe in order to understand. For I believe this, unless I believe, I will not understand. Isn't that good? I've known people who know the Bible. They read and study God's word. They know the Greek. They know the Hebrew. I mean, they, they, they have really been studious of God's word. And then, but... In that midst, what I've been amazed with some of that just really know the Greek, they can know the Hebrew, they can tell you all the kind. But when I've talked to them, it doesn't appear that they actually understand how God's love works, how God's power works. Then I've met, in fact, there was a gentleman here in our church years ago. I met a man who barely could read God's word. When he opened up the, the Bible, every word was a struggle for him to read. Because he had reading an impairment in reading. Every word was a struggle. Yet he truly knew how the love and the power of God works. What's the difference? I'll share that difference with you. One is studying so that they can better believe. Get that? They, think they can better believe in God. The other already believes in God and is studying how great God is. He already believes in God, and as he's reading God's word, it's coming to life to him. Following Jesus requires that we use the measure of faith that God has given to each and every one of us. Because without faith, guess what? Not only are we not going to be able to please God, we're never going to be able to believe in God. The second truth from this passage of Scripture I want to share with you is that God's plan is revealed by his Spirit. God's plan of salvation is... Levels the playing field for all of us. God is an equal opportunity God. His plan is revealed to everyone who is willing to exercise their faith in him. It's open to every person. It doesn't matter how intelligent or how brilliant you are. It only matters, do you have the faith to believe in God? Why does that matter? Why is that the only thing? Because God's plan is not revealed. I want you to catch this. God's plan is not revealed through our knowledge. God's plan is revealed through his spirit. I'll say it again. God's plan is not revealed through our knowledge. 
We can study, we can read, we can do all those things. But eventually, guess what? God's plan is not revealed through that. God's plan is revealed by the power of his Holy Spirit into your life. It's why many people who are really intelligent from a world's perspective really struggle in understanding who God is and believe in God. It's a struggle for them because their mind has a tendency to get in the way. And it's not like we're not supposed to use our mind. It's not that we're not supposed to study God's word. None of that. But there's a measure of faith that you just need to step out in and say, you know what? I'm going to believe in who God is. And then the door opens up for you. Look at what Paul writes in verse 10. He says, but it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit, by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. God reveals to us his plan by the power of his Holy Spirit. It's the spirit of God that draws us to him. We just need to have the faith to believe. This doesn't happen through our natural senses. It happens through our spirit, by God's Holy Spirit touching our spirit. Jesus shared with his disciples in John chapter 16 that he would send the Holy Spirit to them. They were gathered around. They were worried about where Jesus was going. They were worried about being left alone. The disciples were. He says, don't worry. I'm sending my comforter to you. I'm sending the power of my Holy Spirit to you. And listen to what Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will do. He says these three things. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. You and I can share the good news of Jesus to other people, but we can share the good news, we can share how wonderful Jesus is, and we can do that until we're blue in the face. But unless the power of the Holy Spirit touches that person, guess what? They're never going to really believe in God's plan. It requires the Spirit of God to touch that person to open up their lives. This is how God reveals his plan in our lives. Each person must decide if they're willing to to respond to the Holy Spirit's promptings. Because it's the Holy Spirit that urges and encourages us towards receiving the gift of salvation. Jesus said he would do three things. Convict the world of sin, God's righteousness, and coming judgment. In convicting the world of sin, it's that uneasiness in a person's heart that's not settled. They know that something is just not right. They know something is missing in their life. They are living with unresolved hurt or unresolved pain. It's kind of like what Marius is going to be doing as he's driving down that on his, on his bike. And he's driving down there with all these veterans. There's some that, are, that know there's something missing in their life. And we need to pray that the Holy Spirit will reveal it's God, it's Jesus that's missing in their life. God's Spirit continues to convict them of something that's missing. He doesn't want to let them go. The greatest, I want you to catch this thought. The greatest sin that we can have in our life, think of all the worst sins that you can think of. Just let them roll. The greatest sin that you can have in your life is the sin of unbelief. That's the greatest sin. The sin of unbelief, not believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will also convict us of righteousness. It's knowing my actions don't meet the standard of God's righteousness. This is also part of revealing God's plan of salvation, God's deep secrets, as Paul writes. It's like a child who knows he's doing something wrong. You know, Vinny's at that age, my grandson, Brett's son, he's at the age... He'll walk over to something that he knows he's not supposed to do. He touches it and looks, just waiting for someone to say no. You know what I mean? He knows it's wrong, 
And he just looks to see if someone's going to say no. The Holy Spirit reveals our weaknesses and our shortcomings. We're kind of like that in our own life. We kind of touch things and then we look and wait for the Holy Spirit to speak into our lives. But what the wonderful thing about the Holy Spirit is he shares our weaknesses. He shares our shortcomings in our lives. And then the Holy Spirit reveals that through Jesus all things are possible. Those things that we see that are not possible, we might not be able to meet the standard, God's standard through our own strength. But through Christ's strength, we can do all things. All things are possible through Jesus Christ. Jesus also said that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of judgment. This is a truth that we all need to know. There is a judgment day coming. Going back to uh, my earlier illustration about the little child who's been told, you know, who's been told no, he will at times push the boundaries and touch the item again. Knowing that eventually there's going to be a consequences. Knowing eventually there's going to be a judgment day. Jesus is saying it's the work of the Holy Spirit who reveals that into our lives. That there is a judgment day. And guess what? That should help us to want to know more about who Jesus is. In fact, this is interesting. It can be the Holy Spirit working through your life that reveals these truths to others. As people see Christ in you. His Holy Spirit working in you, the truth of God coming out of you, it convicts them towards accepting or rejecting God's truth. It's why it's so important that we live godly lives and following Jesus Christ. Jesus tells us in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says this, You will be my witnesses. Say witness. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let me ask you a question. Are you a good witness? You see, what happens is the Holy Spirit will actually use us in all these ways. We don't mean to. We're not out there trying to judge people or trying to convict people. But just your life. Because the Holy Spirit is doing this good work in you. That light starts to shine out of you. And it all of a sudden makes other people look at you and go like, I wonder if I should do that. And it starts to naturally convict them. You're not trying to convict anybody. But what happens is just the life that you're living is starting to rub off on other people. And they start seeing that life. Why doesn't that person get angry when all of a sudden the boss says such derogatory things to them? Why do they respond with such kindness? Because it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit working in their life. And all of a sudden that same fruit that's working through your life and doing good in you is all of a sudden challenging someone else because they're seeing God's light shining through your life. Are you a good witness? Are you letting God shine through your life? Are you sharing the testimonies of what God is doing in your life? I'm praying that Marius, when he comes back, guess what? He's going to have lots of testimonies to be able to share with, one of, with all of us at different times. Man, God did this. God, What testimony do you have to share? Are you sharing that testimony of God's goodness? It's important. The last thing that I want to share from this passage of Scripture today is this. God's plan is known through His Spirit. Have you ever had the misunderstanding with someone? Have you ever was talking to someone and you, as you're speaking, as you're sharing, all of a sudden you can just tell by their eyes that they misunderstood what you were saying? Happens to me all the time. You thought a person was saying one thing, but in reality they were meaning something completely different. The men's Bible studies on Thursday mornings over the last couple of weeks, 
Bible study that Dino leads, they've been focusing on how to be a better husband. Come on, guys. Come on, we need to learn how to be better husbands. And one of the ways that we become better husbands is by understanding our wives better. Now, I know some of you think that's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. As you know, it does, this doesn't just happen overnight. This takes time. And it goes both for men and women. Both of us, we need to understand each other better. Annette understands me much more after 36 years of marriage, guaranteed, than she understood me after five years of marriage. In fact, I think she's just started figuring me out after 30 years of marriage, to be honest. And by the way, Annette's not here. She's in Seattle. She had... We, she flew up yesterday or Friday to uh, be a part of uh, our oldest son's uh, wife's baby shower. We have another grandchild coming in June, so we're excited about that. But Annette understands my spirit. Let me give you a little illustration of that. This week we were at a conference, and uh, we received an award, which is really cool, about a missions-giving church. You can see that. I brought them up front if you want to look at that. But we were at a conference and we were up on the fourth floor of the hotel of this conference, and we were late for a meeting, and we were coming out of a room, and we went to the, to the elevator, and uh, we were waiting for the elevator, and the elevator was taking forever to get there. And so we got, oh, and I looked at Annette, and I said, hey, uh, do you want to just take the stairs? And then I looked down to her shoes, and I said, oh, you're wearing weird shoes. And she goes, weird shoes? And then we both started laughing. She knew what I meant. She just called me on. But to me, they were weird shoes because she wasn't wearing tennis shoes. She was wearing these like, um, uh, lit, like sandals that were high. What do you call those? Platform sandals? I don't know what you call them. And, uh, and I thought, oh, those are going to be difficult to walk down the stairs with. So I was actually thinking about her. Now, in year five, if I'd have said that, guess what? There might have been consequences to what I just shared. But because she knew my spirit wasn't against her, but it was for her, she started laughing. She just called me out on it and said, weird shoes, really? Well, that was the best name I could say is weird shoes. Listen to what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 11 through 12. He says, no one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. This is the powerful thing that I want you to catch today. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. God has given us his spirit for a purpose. He wants us to know that his plans for our lives are good. It's not to harm us. It's to help us. It's to lift us up. It's to open up new opportunities in our life to be able to share the, his goodness to others. He has good plans for your life, not plans of evil. That's not who our God is. But you don't know that unless you know the spirit of God. But he has given us his spirit for that purpose so that we can know him. I mean, come on, someone needs to say amen for that. We as believers understand the blessings that come from obeying God's commandments. We understand that God's desire is to protect us, not to harm us. We have been given his spirit. 
But for those who do not have God's spirit living within them, guess what? That whole thought just seems like foolishness to them. It seems like craziness to them. It seems like rubbish. This is why as I read God's word so many times publicly but also privately, before I ever read God's word, I pray. I say, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit just reveal to me what your word is saying. And the reason I say that is because when I'm reading God's word, it's his word. And if his spirit's living within me, God, illuminate, make it come out as revelation for me so that I can understand it and apply it to my own life. Don't let me just read words that all of a sudden just don't mean anything. But God, let, them, let me understand what you were meaning. And you know what? When you pray that, watch what God will do in your life. He will bring greater understanding in your life. You can apply the same truth if you haven't tried it yet. Because what do you have living inside of you? The power of the Holy Spirit. If you don't feel like you've had the Holy Spirit living in you, ask for God to give you the Holy Spirit. Say, God, I want your spirit in my life. In your prayer time, ask him, I want to receive the power of your Holy Spirit in my life. When I walk into meetings, there's times where I've had difficult meetings. I'm like, oh my gosh, I know many of you have. Have you ever tried before you walk into that meeting? Lord, I pray that the power of your spirit lead me, guide me direct me. Let me say the right words, not the wrong words. Let me know what is right and what is wrong. And when I've, whenever I've taken that time to just pray before I enter into a meeting like that, guess what? I have watched the Holy Spirit do its work, work in me that I would have never been able to figure it out on my own. It's God's wisdom. It's the power of God in me. It's not of myself. It's God working through me. Now see, for the world, that just seems like foolishness. If this was on the, what's that, what's that show that, I can't even think of it, Joy Behar or whatever. Yeah, that show, I can't, what is that? The five, not the five. Anyhow, if it was on the review, whatever it is, the view, whatever. If it was on, the, they would be making fun of me right now. Because they really don't truly believe that God can speak to somebody. They made that very clear. I'm declaring to you today, that's a lie. God can speak to you. By the power of his Holy Spirit, he will speak to you. Invite him to share with you. He will guide you. God's plan for our life is guided by His Spirit. It doesn't happen through natural understanding. It happens through God's divine Spirit within us. Praying for a person who is sick doesn't make any sense unless you have God's power of His Spirit within you. Because otherwise, why are you praying? Unless you have the power of God's Spirit and you're believing that this person can receive healing. We pray because, you know what? There's something greater than just me. It's God. Paul is telling the church in Corinth, stop living by the flesh and start living by the Spirit. If you have God's Spirit in you, then you should be able to judge and discern what is right and wrong. Why are you guys, this, I'm talking about Paul talking to the church in Corinth, Why are you guys quarreling? Why are you fighting? Why are you arguing? If you have God's spirit in you, you should be able to decipher between what is right and what is wrong. I believe so many times the reason that we can't is because we've never walked, we've never stepped into the spirit world. I know that sounds sounds spooky, Pastor Tom. What I'm saying is you're living in your flesh. I'm going to get back to him this one. And your mind just starts to take over and you start running that way. What would happen if you just stop? Jesus, I'm really upset. 
I'm, I'm frustrated. Help me. Take me out of my own thinking. Lord, give me your spirit right now in Jesus' name. Help me with my thoughts right now in Jesus. What would happen? I know that sounds so simple. It's hard when you're in the midst of things, the difficulties. Step out of your flesh and step into the spirit of God. Watch what God will do in and through your life. See, God's gift to you is his spirit. He desires that you live according to his spirit. The word of God says that it's his spirit that is wisdom. It's God's wisdom been given to you. Jesus said this to his disciples in John chapter 16, verse 13. He says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. We have been given the mind of Christ through Jesus, through his spirit. Let's strive to live according to his spirit and not according to our flesh. Let's do that this week. I don't know what situation you might be facing. I'm going to invite the, go ahead and worship team, come on back up to the platform. I don't know what situation you might be facing, what difficulty you might be facing. You might be in a job situation where, man, you just hate your job. Oh, every day I wake up, I just don't want to go to work. I don't want to. I don't want to go there. Maybe you're at school and you just are super fearful that you're just not going to pass that test. I've been studying, Pastor Tom, it's just not going to work. I know it's not. And what happens is all of a sudden, maybe there's a relationship Maybe it's your marriage. You've been in a marriage and it's just not working. But maybe what you're doing is right now is just in the flesh. And what you got to do is to surrender it all over to God. And you surrender it and you say, you know what, I'm no longer going to walk in this in my flesh. I'm going to start walking by God's Spirit. And let God's Spirit guide me, direct me, lead me. Before I take my test, Lord, illuminate to me. Help me, Lord God. Settle my nerves in Jesus' name right now. Just say that prayer under your breath before you do it, before you go into a meeting, before your job situation, before you enter that job that you dread. Lord, how can I be a light today? How can I share to those who need you hope? Can you reveal that to me by your spirit? See, we have to make a choice. Am I going to walk in my flesh each day? Or am I going to choose to follow the Spirit of God? That's what Paul is saying to the believers in Corinth. Stop living by the flesh. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that your word does not return void. It's powerful and it's effective. I pray today over each person here, those that maybe have been struggling with different things in their life, that God, if we're struggling and it's because we're living in our flesh, I pray, God, that you would remind us to take a step out of the flesh and take a step into your spirit. I pray, God, that you would just move in in our hearts and in our lives, Lord God, not to react from what our flesh desires, but God, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will give us wisdom, wisdom to do what is right. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. 
For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.